From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Amy Keene, and this is FT News. After AT&T won the green light for its $80 billion takeover of Time Warner last week, shares of media and other companies looking to strike similar deals shot up. It was that a district court judge had rejected the U.S. government's argument that the AT&T and Time Warner tie-up would harm competition in the sector. And it also gave investors reason to believe that other anticipated deals might have an easier time getting over antitrust obstacles going forward. The FT's global business columnist, Rana Faruhar, has been writing about antitrust and regulatory issues, and she's with me here today. Rana, can we start with exactly what this case of the U.S. government versus AT&T, what was it all about? So this is probably the most talked about, most controversial, most wrangled over M&A deal in recent memory. The verdict came out just a few days ago, and Judge Leon, which is a U.S. District Court judge, found that the merger would go ahead. The DOJ, the Trump DOJ, had been arguing that, no, AT&T and Time Warner shouldn't merge because this would create less choice for consumers, potentially raise prices in the long run. And this gets to the heart of a couple important things. One, consumer price has been a real issue around uh, antitrust in the U.S. This is basically what policy is made on since the Robert Bork era. If prices go down, it's good for consumers. If they go up, it's bad and mergers get decided on that. The implications of this deal are going to ping pong for weeks, months, maybe years to come because AT&T and Time Warner are merging in part to try and survive in a very competitive media landscape that is basically being dominated by the big tech platform firms, the Googles, the Apples, Netflix, Facebook. These are the companies that are the new digital entertainment giants. And this deal is going to resonate beyond media because those same tech platform firms are going into every market. If you think about uh, Amazon Whole Foods, if you think about some of the recent deals in healthcare, you know, these are being driven by technology firms. Other firms in every other industry are trying to merge in order to compete with them. Exactly. Yes. You've got these massive telecommunications uh, media giants that are having to join forces to compete against these, for lack of a better word, these big tech disruptors. Absolutely. And that brings us to the question then of trying to sort out how do you regulate Mm -hmm. these massive companies, these tech companies that have tentacles in like you say, almost every industry. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that was very front and center in the verdict. You know, on page two of this 172-page document that Judge Leon came out with, he made a note very significantly saying digital advertising, that market has now overtaken television advertising. So he was saying very clearly, look, you know, AT&T, Time Warner, kind of small potatoes when you compare it to what's going on in Silicon Valley. And I think that that's a real harbinger, not only of more deal making, but it raises these questions that were already being raised about, do we need to think about something aside from consumer prices when we think about monopoly power? Because if you look at data markets, if you look at how digital giants do business, they're giving away their products and services largely for free or for negligible cost, but we are paying for them in the form of our data. So that's a very different kind of deal. It's a barter deal, which really upends all the traditional laws of economic gravity and potentially the old ways of thinking about antitrust. So then what are the arguments that have been developed in terms of how you actually sort of get a hold on how these companies are meant to operate in the sort of modern economy? Well, there's sort of two lines of thinking right now around antitrust. And it's fascinating just as as with the case of everything else in Washington and how jumbled up political ideologies have become. If you look at um, Macon Delrahim, who was the DOJ's chief uh, person arguing this case, 
he was arguing that, yes, consumer welfare can be the standard, but he wants consumer welfare to look at things that are not just about pricing, about choice, about innovation. So that's one way of thinking about this. Others, there's a, a group of people kind of looking at some of Judge Brandeis's arguments around political power and saying, you know, maybe we need to look not at the consumer so much as the citizen. Let's think about companies and citizens. When companies get too large, then they have a lot of economic power, and then that gives them political power. And they might point to the way in which technology firms have become amongst the largest lobbyers in Washington. You know, a company like Google um, is is one of the top companies now. Tech as a whole can even sometimes outspend big finance or big pharma when it comes to lobbying in D.C. So, hey, maybe that's too much power. Maybe we need to think about political power as a measure. Speaking of political power, given, you know, at the end of the day, this comes down to congressional sort of oversight on how regulation is sort of instructed and informed. Um, What does that look like in, you know, 2018 heading into um, midterm season and then again, you know, not too far from now into the next presidential election? Is there political will there to get our arms around these companies? So it's a very interesting question. Um, A few thoughts. First, a lot is going to depend on what the FTC finds in its investigation of Facebook. So Facebook is being accused of having violated a 2011 agreement about how it handles consumer data. FTC is now looking at that. If they give Facebook a slap on the wrist, I think a lot of Democrats will say the FTC is not a good regulator. If it's actually a significant penalty, then I think some Democrats will say, and probably some Republicans will say, okay, maybe this is a way to regulate the tech firms. Maybe this is a way to curb their power, because I think that antitrust issues, monopoly issues are going to be a slow burn. Those are very hard bits of legislation to bring. They require Supreme Court precedent in some cases. The cases themselves take a long time to solve. I think if you see the Democrats winning in the midterms, though, you are going to see this drumbeat of concern over political power, economic power, monopoly power continue. And to caveat this by saying even some Republicans, Orrin Hatch, for example, folks like that are saying, well, maybe the tech firms have too much power. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned um, the FTC investigation of Facebook. Are there any other cases or potential deals that you're watching closely to see sort of how the next step in antitrust, I guess, reform might look? Yeah. Well, I'm watching to see the EU's ruling that's coming down in a few weeks around Google and whether or not this causes the FTC to look more closely at Google. You know, Google got off the hook a few years ago in 2012 in a a case brought by the FTC, and it was supposed to uh, make certain behavioral shifts. It's not clear whether those have actually been abided by, so that's something to watch. The other thing I'm watching is whether or not there's going to be agency moves to police big tech differently. I mean, one thing folks are saying is, all right, if data has value, but it's not transparent um, in ordinary transactions, maybe the tech firm should have to declare some of that value on their 10Ks and 10Qs. Maybe the SEC should step in here. So I just think that we're going to see these uh, rethinks of uh, big tech and its power playing out to 2018, 2020 and beyond. Yeah, a slow burn, as you say. Thanks, Rana. Thanks. Hello. We're rethinking our podcast strategy here at the Financial Times, and we'd love to hear your views. We're asking listeners to rate our podcasts and to tell us what you like and don't like about our shows. To contribute to our survey, follow the link in our show notes or go to ft.com forward slash podcast feedback to enter our prize draw to win £500 or the equivalent in dollars. 